Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. TV with Calvin and Barry. Just two crazy fans of the Sacramento Kings and they sharing their opinion. So be sure that you subscribe. It's for the fans by the fans. Whether you chilling on the couch or wilding in the stands. But laid back conversations about the Kings. Subscribe here. Staying down until we come up thinking this gonna be our year. We're here drinking beer. Talking about the Kings. Be sure you What's up Kings fans? Welcome back to Royal Rebounds. The Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans by fans. The Sacramento Kings play their second overtime game of the year. They beat the Minnesota Timberwolves 118-111. They did this all without Domas Sabonis in overtime. Calvin, welcome in. Happy Monday. Looks like the Kings did not have a case of the Mondays. Happy Monday. Light the beam. Light the effing beam. Should we light Why the not? beam? Why not? Let's light wait? it. You want to light it No, now? light it, man. It's been a while. We've got to light it. the beam. We've got to we light that shit. We are lighting the MFing beam. Welcome into the show. Welcome in, everybody. Welcome to Royal Rebounds as Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. If you're a Kings fan, make sure you smash up that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Dude, that beam looks amazing, Calvin. It's lit. It looks great. I, I've had some good. beam withdrawals. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I think we all have, man. Absolutely. Well, Calvin, Kings win. I'm happy. Shout out to all my guys here in the chat. Uh, I see Charles is here. Charlie, Callum, Tito, Digital Henry, D-Fox Collector, Ninja Style. We got another Charles. Hola. Uh, Mike Monticello is here. Ninja Style. Lane, Brian Thompson. Wow, Jim is here. Lee, wow, we have a lot of people. And everybody else, uh, Tom is here. Uh, and Tom, 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 David. Welcome in, Alfie man. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, Calvin, give me your first thoughts on the game tonight. <laughs> they pulled it out. Man, they pulled it out. Um, I, I was very nervous. I thought this show was going to be spent entirely talking about officiating. My least favorite thing to do, maybe besides talking about Kyrie Irving. Oh, we're going we're gonna to talk about I know, officiating. I know we're going to talk about it, but I'm just glad that the entire show is not going to revolve around it um, because I know everybody is really, really hung up on that stuff. Um, 
they they pulled it out. They made they made enough plays to win the game yep. without the zebras. That that's the key. No <laughs> zebras involved. They played basketball. They won the game. They stopped them. They got stops. They had big time deflections. Uh, Trey Lyles, Malik Monk, they really, really stepped up big tonight. And in the overtime period, they made some really, really critical plays. De'Aaron Fox was really good for them throughout this whole game. But with Sabonis going down, you needed somebody in that overtime and late in the fourth quarter to really pick up the slack. Not pick up slack, but to pick up what you're missing without Sabonis being in there. And those two guys delivered for them tonight. That's what this game is about. That's what it's about. That's how you win basketball games i don't give a shit that he traveled on the final play he did travel they didn't call it they still won we'll talk about that we'll definitely talk about shout out to callum callum we appreciate the super chat thank you so so much i agreed mcdaniel's traveled he did he did uh ian is here shout out to ian alfie man i said you already jeremiah c dot Welcome in, everybody, and yes, maybe I do have some glitter on my shirt. Uh, That is exciting. No, I was not at the strip club before this stream, (laughs) so you can take that out of your dirty minds. Calvin, I see you're wearing the chain tonight. I am. Who is your Kings defensive chain player of the game? I guess that's the correct way to say it. Well, I thought Fox played really, really good defense from the beginning of this game throughout its entirety. I liked Keegan Murray as well. A lot of deflections tonight, especially in the first quarter. Um, but we've seen this this chain be kind of used in the past as sort of a a motivational tool, um, you know, kind of spread the wealth, let everybody get their own little piece of the pie thing. So I'm actually going to give it to Malik Monk today. Yeah. Three steals in this game, a bunch of really key deflections. That, that deflection up 114-108, I know the Kings didn't Christian. come down and score after that play. That was the biggest defensive play of the season for Malik Monk. Huge. He really, really was uh, big time for them tonight. Uh, not, you know, a complete lockdown defender. There were definitely mistakes being made. But I think in honor of what the Kings have used this chain for and its kind of, um, you know, sentimental value that they spread around throughout the whole team, yep. this seems like the perfect opportunity to give it to him tonight. We also can't forget about our guy Tanvir. Tanvir is listening to us live on Twitter Spaces. Uh, shout out to Tanvir. And if any of you guys want to join us on Twitter Spaces, you can follow us at Royal underscore Rebounds. You can join our space by clicking on our profile picture. Uh, and uh, you can have your voice heard. So we're going to let people up on stage. We're going to let them speak uh, after we finish wrapping up, you know, the beginning part of this game. So uh, definitely a shout-out to you guys. Shout-out to Tanvir. And and we're also doing Twitter spaces. I don't know, Calvin. I've been crazy. I've been doing Twitter spaces late nights, even on, on non-game days. So uh, DM me on Twitter. You got a you fever. Wanna, if you, yeah, if you want to have a fever in some Twitter spaces, uh, DM me. DM me. All right, I, I totally forgot what I was going to say, Calvin. Uh, Callum says I want some chicken wings. I do like some chicken wings. I love, Just love chicken, chicken wings. wings. Oh, okay. Who doesn't I, like I chicken wings? I remember what I was saying. So you said give the chain to Malik Monk. Yeah. I saw Mark Jones with, was campaigning for him during the broadcast. I totally agree. You know how much I love Malik. I should have worn my Malik Monk jersey tonight, but I got my glittery shirt on. So, you know, it's like... Hey, uh, anyways, Malik Monk had his handprints, his fingerprints all over 
the game tonight, Calvin. I'm talking about dunks, alley-oops, uh, amazing passes, uh, a bunch of deflections, uh, and late in the fourth quarter uh, and overtime was absolutely huge. Calvin, we were all talking about after the last stream, oh, my God, the Kings have to play defense. They have to play defense. I, probably, probably the last two streams we were, we were shouting out they got to play defense. I mean, this whole season. Five yeah, quarters tonight, that, right? Calvin, of basketball. The Kings only, only allow 111 points. They really clamp down there in overtime. Uh, what were your thoughts on the defense tonight? I thought they started the game really well, um, and they finished the game really well. And that's something that they – not maybe necessarily the starting the game, but they ha in close games, they've played some of their best defense throughout the course of this season. Uh, they haven't always gotten enough stops to win those games or made enough plays to win those games. But for a team that overall isn't very good, they, they seem to kind of relish in those, those late game moments. Um, so I, I was happy with it overall. Uh, you know, over the course of the game, you're going to have ups and downs. Your teams are going to go on runs. Uh, Anthony Edwards still is on fire even since Saturday. Mm -hmm. But he's a bad man. They, they were much better tonight. I think it was very clear uh, that they had to come out with a much better focus and, and intensity for this game, setting the tone defensively. And I thought De'Aaron did a perfect job of that. He set the tone for them right away. His his energy defensively and his pressure, his ball pressure, was really good right from the beginning of this game. Yeah. We also had a Terrence Davis sighting tonight, 16 minutes of action for him. Uh, I, I absolutely love Terrence Davis. I know a lot of people have been saying, where's TD? Why is TD not playing? He got his opportunity tonight. I think he did a great job. Obviously, you know, people would look for a little bit more from him, two or six from the field. Um, but, I mean, the guy hasn't played a lot recently. So it's good to see him back out on the floor. I think he definitely helps the defense on this team as well. He has very active hands. He's very similar to Malik Monk in, in terms of the way that he moves around the court. He's always got his hands out ready. He tries to jump in front of passes, cut through passing lanes, stuff like that. So huge, huge game for Terrence Davis. Let's dive here into the box score. Uh, get your glasses out, guys. We got it on the bottom of the screen here. It's, it's pretty small, but uh, get your glasses out. Anyways, Domas Sabonis, 36 minutes of action, 17 points, 13 rebounds, and an assist. Calvin, 7 to 10 from the field, did not attempt a three-pointer, and he did foul out in this game. He was extremely frustrated. We saw him pick up a technical, have to go to the, the tunnel to cool down. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Harrison Barnes, 41 minutes for old man Barnes tonight. 3 of 11 from the field. Uh, 8 points, 2 rebounds, an assist. 39 minutes for Keegan Murray. 13 points, 13 rebounds, an assist for him. 5 of 12 from the field. 3 of 8 from 3-point range. He hit some absolutely crucial, crucial threes for the Kings tonight. De'Aaron Fox, 41 minutes of action. 32 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. 13 of 27. Calvin. 27 shot attempts by De'Aaron Fox tonight. We're definitely going to need to talk about that. Kevin Herter, 22 minutes of action, 1 of 7 from the field, 0 of 5 from three-point range, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, only 3 points. We'll definitely have to talk about him. Trey Lyles off the bench, 16 minutes of action, 11 points, 3 rebounds, and assist. He was absolutely huge in this game, especially late. I want to talk about the difference of running Trey Lyles at the center uh, and what that does to guys like Rudy Gobert because there was a, a couple plays tonight where I was like, oh, 
oh, there's the formula for Rudy Gobert. <laughs> We've seen it in the past by multiple teams. So we'll definitely discuss that. Uh, Chemezi Metu, 11 minutes of action, five points. Davion, 12 minutes of action, two points, two rebounds. Terrence Davis, 16 minutes, eight points, two rebounds, an assist. And my guy, Malik Monk, no Band-Aid, no problem. 32 minutes of action, 9 of 14 from the field, 19 points, 2 rebounds, 5 assists. Did not hit a 3 in this game, Calvin. Give me your thoughts on the box score. Anything that really, really stood out, and I'm not even going to read the Timberwolves, so have it. Well, I mean, I think the things that stand out to me are, you know, rebounds. Keegan Murray, 13 rebounds. That's as many as Domas had. Yet 5 apiece from Herter and Fox, despite Herter only playing 22 minutes. Um, even Trey Lyles had a couple of really key rebounds in the overtime and and late in the fourth quarter. So that number stands out to me. Um, I look at the turnovers, 12 turnovers for the whole team. Five of those came from Malik Monk. So you you got to see everything from Malik tonight. The the good, the bad, the ugly, as we used to talk about with Buddy Heald. Um, Luckily, it it was more good than it was bad overall for the the whole course of this game. And and he was able to, to stick with it and find ways to make plays on both sides of the ball, even despite yep. having some some critical turnovers there. And those turnover numbers, they can be kind of uh, misleading at times because yeah. I know quite a few of those turnovers were offensive fouls by Th- Domas. That is very Domas. true. And they still only had 12 for the whole game, yep. I- including all of that. So that that's a good number overall. Loving all the love I'm seeing for Keegan Murray here in the chat. What else stood out to you in the team stats? I see fast break points, not a lot tonight, points in the paint. There's a big difference there. Uh, again, it's points in the paint and points off turnovers, just like uh, Saturday's game. The, those are areas where you can really hurt Minnesota. 18 turnovers forced by Sacramento. They scored 21 points off of them. They had almost 70 points in the paint tonight, plus 18 in the paint. When you can't hit from the outside, which they couldn't do in either of those games, even though uh, Minnesota is below, you know, in the bottom third of the league at defending the three, Uh, That's how you make up for it. You attack all night. You get to the free throw line. They left some points on the free throw line again, but they at least got to the free throw line consistently, got inside, scored inside, uh, and manufactured offense off of turnovers. And 15 steals tonight for the Sacramento Kings, as opposed to only seven for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Absolutely huge. Welcome into everybody that's just joining in here. Welcome to Royal Rebounds, the Sacramento Kings YouTube channel for fans, by fans. If y'all can do me a favor, just smash up that like button. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. It's fun. We're here doing this show just for you guys. We get paid in likes. So please, please don't forget to smash up that like button. Oh, we got a request already on Twitter Spaces. Dylan's on here. Should we should we bring him up? You want to hear from Dylan, Cal? Of course. We want to hear from the people. We want to hear from the people. All right, Dylan, I'm bringing you up. What is up, Dylan? Yo, what's good? How's it going, man? Good, man. How are you? We're live on YouTube right now. Oh, that's, that's awesome. I just saw you in here alone. I wasn't doing much at the moment. But I thought that the Kings won today. They did They did. Today. Light the beam, Dylan. In overtime. Huge, huge game. Yeah, what do you think about it? I couldn't watch because I was gone. Dylan, did you catch the game tonight? Oh, no, I didn't catch it. I haven't caught any of them yet, but I'm turning on the Blazers game. Okay. 
All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you joining us, dude. We got to jump back here into the show on YouTube. You're, you're welcome to hang out on stage. And when the stream is over, we'll be chilling on Twitter spaces. So I'd love to talk to you a little bit later as well. All right. That sounds good. Peace out. Thanks, Dylan. Appreciate you, Thanks, bud. Thanks, Dylan. All right. Back in here, Calvin. Uh, so let's let's talk a little bit about Sabonis. Um, Sabonis was extremely, extremely frustrated. Fuck that. Let, let's not even talk about Sabonis. Let's talk about this refereeing thing, Calvin. <laughs> let's let's clear the air. Let's let's just get it out of here. Did you like that? I, I said fuck that, Calvin. That's yeah. my tagline. That's your tagline. Tag tag hashtag fuck that, Calvin. Anyways, let's let's just talk about the whole refereeing issue because I feel like this entire weekend, all I've heard is. The referees this, the referees that. I heard it from 49ers fans. I heard it from Bengals fans. I heard it from Lakers fans. Uh, I, I heard it from everybody, Calvin. Everybody was mad at the officials tonight. But the strangest thing is, the strangest thing, you want to talk about that tweet? Oh, the NBA referees tweet? Yeah, I've never seen anything like that, ever. Never seen that before Ever either. in my life. Never seen that before Do you remember either. it? Should I pull it up? I don't remember it word for word. Something about... You know, Crimea River, my, my, uh, <laughs> can't our, sleep it at was gut wrenching. We can't sleep at night. Blah, 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 blah. LeBron, we're sorry. Uh, how, what, what is their Twitter account? Why do they even have a Twitter account? Here we go. NBA referees. Uh, I'm going to try and read this thing here if they haven't posted anything. Maybe they, maybe they got rid of it. I do not see it here, Calvin. All right. I'm going to have to come back to that. Um, oh, here it is. NBA referees like this is the craziest thing is I've never seen them ever post anything like this before. Yes, we have the two minute report, blah, 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 all that stuff. But this is an actual post on Twitter. I don't know who runs this account, but they said, like everyone else, referees make mistakes. We made one at the end of last night's game, and that is gut wrenching for us. This play will weigh heavily and can cause sleepless nights as we strive to be the best referees we can be. And at the bottom of that, they post a link to a Washington Post article saying LeBron James Lakers irate over crucial missed call and loss to Celtics. Calvin, this is, like I said, one of the strangest things that I've ever seen. Can you break that tweet down? Give me your analysis on that tweet. Or uh, there is no analysis for that tweet. There, that's a. There's so much. The spotlight is always on the officials anyway. I, I find it hilarious that at, we keep talking. We keep having this conversation. Man, the refs are so bad this year. They're so bad this year. Look, they missed these calls. Blah 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 blah. Of course, it's like that every year. Yeah, there, there is never a season where someone says, man, the officiating's been great this season. Has that ever been said ever? No, it has not. It's going to continue no. to happen. Next year, someone's going to come out and say, oh, the officiating's even worse than it was last year. I guarantee it. Yep. I guarantee it. It's not the problem. The problem is complaining about it. That's the problem. That's the epidemic. Yes, you can tell me that they missed these calls. We're on the two-minute report. All of this stuff. I can feel you're right. Blood you're right about that. Right I'm not disagreeing with you. Officials missed calls. They have always missed calls. Yep. 
That's not the epidemic that's going on in sports right now. It's the complaining about them. I hope LeBron said after that game in Boston that he watches every game or that he watches basketball all the time. I hope he was watching this game because this is almost the exact same situation. Big time foul or missed call yep. late in the game, yep. tie game, could have, could have, you know, maybe altered the game or, or had an effect on the outcome. No Sabonis for overtime. No Sabonis for overtime. The key is the Kings went and won this game in overtime because yep. they didn't cry about officially and officiating. We're better than the Lakers. That's the key here. You yep. can still win the game. Forget about the refs. Forget <laughs> about them. They're, they're objects. They're objects out there. Forget room, about the refs. You can still win the game. All right, you done? Yeah. I mean, no, I'm not because I'm going to have to say the same thing. On, when do they play again? Wednesday? I'm going to have to say the same fucking thing on Wednesday. But, yeah, let, I'm done for now. All right, so now that I think about it, I'm thinking back, right? There was one situation in the past that's maybe kind of similar to this, and that is the simultaneous catch. You remember that in the NFL during the Seahawks game? The re- yeah, the replacement the officials. Replacement yes, yes. And the league was like, wait are, a second. Are some calls worse than others? Yes, they are. Yeah. That's absolutely true. But the true. league stepped up and was like, our refs are fucking up. Like, we need to bring back the real refs. They made a, a new uh, whatever contract agreement. They brought everybody in. There was somebody, was it earlier this season or last season, where someone was like, oh, they got G League refs in there yeah. and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell what the hell you guys are saying in the chat, whether you guys are sarcastic, whether you guys are messing with me or not. But the bottom line I is... probably did, Lane. The bottom line I'm is not, Calvin's I'm not right. a soccer ref. Calvin is, is correct. Like, referees make mistakes. They're all human beings. Players need to just keep playing. Players make mistakes too, right? Everybody makes mistakes. We're all humans. We got to keep pushing. You can't give up. Um, you know, we saw multiple, multiple plays. And that's honestly, Calvin, one thing that irritated me the most about DeMarcus Cousins watching him was he would get so, so upset after a missed call. He'd be arguing, wouldn't even get back on defense. And like, you could say the referees gave the game away. DeMarcus, you gave the game away because you weren't playing fucking defense. Now, I also feel because sometimes I'm I'm a flip flopper. Like I said, I flip, I flop, you know. Yep. Yep. So I understand the other side also. And, you know, Calvin and I were both referees uh for soccer and stuff like that when we were younger. I think you also refereed basketball, didn't you? I did. So I, I feel like technology is improving so, so fast that there has to come like some moment where technology helps alleviate or reduce human error now they've done that multiple times with you know the the replay camera the coaches challenge they got like the sideline cameras now in nfl the pylon cam all that stuff in baseball they've really rejected it right as far as like the umpire calling ball strikes all stuff like that they have all the technology in the world to have a computer call exactly perfect oh, every it's coming. single every single play but they've rejected it up until this point right they've like fought against it constantly because they feel like it's part of the game now i feel like we are at a point where technology can help referees in the nba reduce some of these mistakes reduce some of these missed calls calvin what is the best way to do that Oh, man, uh, that's – I don't know if I have the answer for that. I, I mean, I don't know if I have the answer for that, honestly. 
Because, I mean, there's there's got to be some solution, right? I, I'm sure there is. I mean, it's going to take... It's going to take experimenting and trying things that sound ridiculous at first. And Laquan wants robots. You know, yeah. I don't know if I would go that far, at least just yet. I'm probably more in favor of adding a fourth official than for right now than I am taking all of them away and replacing it with robots right away. Yeah, the hardest but, thing is like you don't want to slow down the game. Exactly, it, it that's the big thing that's, game, that is in jeopardy here. Was it uh, Saturday's game was just foul, foul, yeah. foul? That game was yeah. so slow; it just dragged on and on and on. It was there was no rhythm. It was annoying. It wasn't fun to watch. And, and basketball is the sport that stands to lose the most from that, yeah. right? Because yeah. basketball is is the sport that has the mo- the constant free-flowing movement. In, in baseball, you have a break in between each pitch. In football, you have a break in between each play. Yep. Not, you know, a huge break or anything like that, but there are these built-in stoppages to the game. Yep. In, in basketball, there isn't any of that, and it looks fucking terrible when there is that stuff, when you're constantly having to stop at every play. There was a huge stoppage at the end of the Lakers game before overtime. They could have had plenty of time to review that play if they wanted to, but yeah. the rules are so unclear about what is challengeable, what is not. Yes, oh, there was yes. no foul and called, ch- so I can't challenge that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Charles so, makes a great point here. I think ch- revising the challenge rules in the NBA is definitely so one Patrick, of the first things that I would do Yeah, to h- try and help 100%. some of because we, you know, you see it now. Guys won't challenge plays that they probably think they should because they only get one. Yeah. Right now. And as if you of, get as it the right, way it stands you right should now. get another yeah. one. Yeah. That that is the easiest change to implement. If you challenge a play, you get it right. You should get another challenge, like I straight agree. up. We saw. I agree. <laughs> we saw <laughs> earlier in this season, or maybe it was like a month ago. We saw Mike Brown challenge a play. The challenge was successful. He still lost the timeout. And we didn't get another challenge. I thought it was like the craziest thing I, I've ever seen. Um, but anyways, and rant about the referees. There's got to be a better way, guys. We have all this technology. Yeah, Christian, like, I think it absolutely ruins the tempo can of the game. Help, it can help eliminate human errors. I don't know the exact way to do it, whether it's having a fourth referee on the court, whether it's having one in a booth uh, and the ability to call down. But there's a lot of these plays that are just so, so blatant, clear, um, and then at the same time, there's a lot of plays where they call a foul and I'm like, that's not a foul. And then I see it in slow motion. I'm like, it is a foul. So, you know, you got to give them some credit to whether there's a system of, you know, them missing calls, stuff like that. It adds up to a punishment or something. I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but whatever is not working right now. I- anyways, and referee rant. Are we agreed? No more talk about the referees for the rest of the, oh, I would lo- absolutely love okay. that. Thank Deal. you. Deal. Okay, so Demontis Sabonis fouls out in this game. He's arguing with the words we're not allowed to say, <laughs> uh, picks up a T word, all that stuff. Um, but 17 points, 13 rebounds. The thing about Dem- Demontis Sabonis tonight, he only had one assist in the first half of this game, zero assists in the second half. Like I said, he did foul out, missed overtime. What were your thoughts on Domas's game tonight? And then if you want to touch on assists uh, and the, the, the thing we're not allowed to talk about. Well, I'm not going to touch on the thing we're not allowed okay, to perfect. talk about. Deal. Um, but, no, I mean, for overall, for his, for his performance, you know, he battled inside. I don't think you would expect anything less. 
the more every time I watch Domas play now, more every game that we get further into the season, I just keep thinking about something that Giannis said earlier in the season when he had this uh, statement where he said, I, I want my game to become boring. And he didn't mean by that, like, you know, I only want to score 10 points a game and have, like, five rebounds and, and nobody sees me out there. He yeah. wants his game to be so meticulous and repeatable with the, the type of great performance that he gives that you watch it and you're, you're bored by it because you just expect it every time. That That's what I expect from Sabonis. Tonight he didn't have the same type of statistics that we're used to him having. A lot of the assist number, or the low assist number, I think is definitely point in case because they couldn't make a fucking shot. <laughs> no, seriously. like No, it's true. I mean, you have Gobert who's going to sag off Sabonis and protect the rim, right? So those backdoor cuts, they had a lot of really nice cuts. They even had some good passes on those backdoor cuts, but it's hard to finish at the rim and convert, which gives you the assist there. Yep. And then if you're not going to hit the three yep. when you're wide open off the dribble handoff One or the screen in the first half of this game, then you're not going to get assists there either. So I don't think you need to be alarmed or worried by the fact that he only had one assist. They're still getting the same types of shots that this offense generates. They just didn't knock them down again. So uh, that I wouldn't be worried about that at all. Um, I do think that sometimes when it comes to Sabonis, he's so, and this is probably a combination of him and the coaching staff, just the way that they try to run the offense, it's like he's thinking about so much stuff going on. He Sometimes you forget the oldest adage in the book, take what the defense gives you. Three mid-range shots tonight. He made two of them. I think if they would have gone to that earlier in this game, that does two things for you. First of all, he's been struggling from three. I, I don't want him to just start chucking up threes. But that 15 to 18-foot jump shot was wide open. Or he's not a jump every, shot. He's got it every game. Every game, wide open. Yep. Just take a few more of those because then you get yourself going in a little bit of a rhythm. And even though Gobert doesn't want to come out and challenge that shot, after you make three or four of those – He's going to have to at least on occasion come out to challenge that shot. Yep. And that opens up the pass for the back door. So you do two things with that. So that's that's the only thing with Sabonis in the past. You know, they've had clear advantages with him inside. I would keep – I would be screaming at the screen, throw him the ball on the block, throw him the ball on the block. But, no, they're going to continue to run that offense where he's out at the, the free throw line trying to get guys running off of him and setting open open shots for others. Um so I think for him, if you're struggling or if you're in the middle of a, a tough physical game, sometimes it's as simple as take what the defense gives you and make the easy play. Sorry, my light is so bright over here. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And as shout-out to Sass here, shout-out to Lee, Gilbert, Brian, thank you guys for joining in. Um, as Sass points out here, the Kings only had one three in the first half yeah. of this game, which yeah. is pretty crazy because one of your keys to the game was live by the three, right? Kings were able to make more threes in the second half of this game, but I think that's a huge reason why Domas only had one assist in this game. Uh, he also has a double-double, his 38th double-double of the season, which leads the NBA. He's still leading the NBA in rebounds per game. Uh, funny thing happened in the second quarter of this game. Did you see the Domas... 
uh, go bear foul. They fouled each other. They like hit each other <laughs> yes. in the face at the same yes. time. That was absolutely hilarious. They were, they were auditioning for Dana White's new sport. I was dying, dude. I was laughing so, so hard. They're both grabbing their face like, it's a foul, it's a foul. And the refs are like, uh, <laughs> what do we do here? They end up calling an offensive foul on, on Sabonis. One of, I believe, three in the game, which adds to those yeah. turnovers. Yep. You don't have to say the R word, but what did you think about that? Was that the right call? Uh, yeah, I, I did think it was the right call. He made contact I mean, he, first. He made contact first. You're not supposed to clear out when you go up for a shot like that with your off arm. I thought that was the right call. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I, th- I think a good good performance from DeMontis Sabonis tonight. I would like to see him shoot more threes, though. Honestly, I would. There was a couple he's moments. He's been really where, struggling lately. He has but, been. But on the year, he's still shooting, I think, like close to 40% or something from three-point range, which is absolutely uh, wild. That, that's impressive if he is because he's like one of 13 in his last 14 shot three-point shot attempts or something like that. But he did start off very, very hot. You're making me look up the stats right now. Okay, I was wrong. 36%, which is still great. Still great from three-point range. Um, but... We know and he's capable. Maybe I'll tie capable. this into the Trey Lyles thing, but as we've seen in the past, bigs that can shoot can draw Gobert out to the three-point line and really open up the lane for a lot of other players, including a guy like Deer and Fox. We saw late in this game, oh, great, great play by Trey Lyles. He's at the three-point line. This was like right after he made a three, gets the ball again at the three-point line, pumps, Gobert comes straight out to him. He blows past him. Gets the dunk and the foul of Gobert coming in late. I think that was absolutely huge. That is a play that I would show over and over and over again in practice. And I would say, anytime you play against the Timberwolves, I want to just run this play over and over and over again. Anytime you play against the Denver Nuggets, I just run this play over and over and over again. (laughs) Anytime you play against a dominant big man in the NBA, run this play. Because the Kings, as they're stated right now, their starting center in Sabonis, one of their backup centers in uh, in uh, Trey Lyles. And not that I'm saying Rashawn Holmes can do this, but he's actually shooting incredible uh, from the three-point line in very, very limited attempts this season. But that is the way to expose some of these big guys, get to the basket, and at the same time we saw another foul on Rudy Gobert. You do that a couple more times a game. Takes him out of the game, Calvin. Yeah, yes and no. I mean, Jokic and Gobert, those two guys, for example, they're not going to be coming out on those plays every single time. The The key to set up that was the first possession of overtime where Malik Monk uh, penetrates into the middle, draws Gobert and his man, and then turn around whatever you call pass. that pass, reverse <laughs> swing pass to the corner. If Lyles doesn't make that, Gobert might not come as far out to challenge the next time. So it's a combination of things. It's not as easy as just run that play every time. But Trey Lyles, all year long, one of the the things that he does the best is be really smart when he catches the ball on the three-point line because he can put that shot up. He can probably put it up more than he does, but he's really smart with the way that he goes about uh, taking those shots and baiting guys into coming out to guard him because he's also got a phenomenal pump fake. Yep. Uh, and we've seen him put the ball on the floor and get to the rim a lot this season. He's really a savvy uh, wing player for a guy his size. You see Edward over here? He's trying to get us to talk about it again. <laughs> he's trying. He's trying. 
Edward, man, it's just a it's a matter of time before every player, especially big guys that get beaten up inside on a repeated basis every single night. I mean, it's it is what it is. You can only take so much no matter who you are before you lose your cool a little bit. Edward, when the stream's over, you can watch our rant in the very beginning of the show, and then we made a handshake agreement that we were not going to talk about the R-words for the rest of the stream. So um, if you want to hear us complain, just hit that rewind button. You can rewatch the beginning. But uh, we're, we're trying to be positive. This was a King's win. This was a King's win, guys. I want to emphasize that. This is a motherfucking King's win. 118-111. They're the third seed in the Western Conference. And Calvin, they're... Dude, they're making some room there between third, third and fourth. There's some room there. I'm feeling, I'm feeling great. Uh, this is yeah, there's, there's still, some room. There's not a lot of room. Still though. in the middle of the longest road trip of the season for yes. them. This was an important game to win tonight, and uh, yeah, we're 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 moving on here. We're we're doing well. Okay, let's talk about HB. Eight points tonight. Three of eleven from the field. Not great. Didn't get his normal rebound numbers. Only two tonight. He played huge minutes, 41 minutes Yep, for Harrison Barnes tonight. I thought he played great defense. What were your thoughts on HB, the Black Falcon? Uh, yeah, I agree with your estimate, really. I mean, you know, he was – these games were tough on him because they needed him to guard Anthony Edwards for, you know, the majority of these two games, which is – it takes a lot out of you to, to guard that guy for 40-plus minutes on back-to-back games. Um, he just wasn't able to, to knock down the outside shot. You know, just like anybody on the team, it's it's not really a problem, a sole problem for him. Um, he, he just was hasn't been quite as efficient from outside. We, we got spoiled a little bit with how good he was in the month of January. He's probably not going to be that good for the rest of the season. So... I think these, this team in general, not just him, is really, really wanting this trade, or uh, excuse me, not trade deadline, but all-star break to happen. Yep. Give them a little bit of rest, recharge their batteries, and get ready for what's going to be a very, very difficult stretch run for a team that's been clinging to uh, you know, first place in the division for a good portion of the first half of this season. Definitely. Uh, Jim wants to talk about trades. Uh, Jim, we can talk a little bit about trades. We're going to finish up breaking down the game tonight. We'll talk a little bit about trades, but I also want to remind you and, and everybody else that's watching, I've been doing a lot of Twitter spaces. We are currently live on Twitter spaces right now. And when this stream's over, I'm going to hang out on Twitter spaces for a couple hours afterwards. So if you want to talk one-on-one or however many people want to come up on stage, we could talk about any trade that you want to, and I'd love to hear from you. So uh, don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter. Join in the Twitter space as soon as the stream ends, and, and we could talk about whatever you want, man. You want to talk about the weather? You want to talk about uh, the Kings, how much the Lakers suck? Uh, any of that stuff, I'd be happy I'd be, I'd be really, really happy. Um, but, Calvin, any constructive criticism for HB tonight? Anything you'd like to see him do a little bit more of? Any big mistakes you saw him make tonight? I mean, the, he was one of three at the foul line. That's pretty uncharacteristic for him. You know, again, I, I think that that's probably a, a, a byproduct of this team being tired. You know, Fox airballing that shot at the end of regulation there. You know, that's the exact shot you want De'Aaron Fox to take. He just didn't have the legs on it, and it's probably because this team is is getting a little gassed at this point in the season. 
Um, these are the dog days of the, the NBA season. So I don't know how much criticism I have necessarily for Harrison Barnes. I still think the shots he's taking are good shots. Uh, he shot so well from outside that this month um, that I don't really have a problem with him taking a lot of those threes. A lot of them are, are pretty open as well. So it, they just didn't go down tonight, and he had to focus a lot of his energy on trying to stop Anthony Edwards. I, I know if you look at the box score, it looks like he didn't stop him at all. Um, but that's what it's like guarding the best offensive players in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, he stopped him from winning a basketball game. Uh, they were also talking quite a bit about that uh, that basketball movie that came out with Adam Sandler uh, during Hustle. Hustle, yeah, that was the name. I was totally blanking. Where Anthony Edwards played the bad guy, and I, I yes. thought that, or the rival, and I thought he did a great job during that movie. Yeah, so. it was a phenomenal movie. Shout out to him. The dude also looks like he's like it, forty years old. Like Anthony Edwards looks so old already. It's crazy. Dude. It's crazy. <laughs> I don't know about forty, but he does look. It reminds me of that older uh, than twenty-one. What was that? That <laughs> scene from uh, Bad Boys. Where the guy shows up to try and take his daughter out, you know, oh, he knocks yeah, on the yeah. door and he's like, How old are you? He's like, Motherfucker, you look 30. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly how he looks. That's exactly how he looks. All right, one more light, guys, and we get to see the island boys. Uh, uh, Calvin, I, I feel a little bad, man. We got a bunch of people uh, tuning in just now. They missed us light the beam, dude. I think we maybe lit the beam a little early. On Can the never show. have too much beam. What, how many likes should, should we go till we light the beam again? Let's go 60. 60 likes, we'll light the beam. 50 yeah. likes, we'll say what's up to the island boys. There you go. F already oh, jumped up wow. to 53. So. Right, the Kings won, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the Kings won, yeah. The Sacramento Kings, oh, yeah, the Kings won, yeah. Fox is so fast. Sabanas is so strong, yeah. Coach Mike is so smart, yeah. They are the playoff bound, yeah. All right, Charles, I guess you got to like it now, man. They love it. They love it. Charles, uh, you know what I'm doing is it's like, it's like the, the Pavlov's theory with the dog, right? It's like every time you feed the dog, you, you ring the bell, and then you just start ringing the bell, and the dog starts <laughs> salivating. And things. That's how the Island Boys are going to be for you. Uh, you know, you're going to hear them. You're going to feel, feel good. You're going to be like, oh, I remember the, the streams after the game. The Kings won. This is great. Island Boys. I love the Island Boys. Pretty soon, Charles is going to have an Island Boys t-shirt, dude. I know it. I know it. Well, I don't know about that, but I know it. Maybe we'll have to do an Island Boys uh, giveaway. Get a, a Royal Rebounds t shirt, like though. We got a yes. Yes. nice little Monday coupon going right now. <laughs> or not right now. We're going to do that next Charles week. Charles doesn't like evil. Tease, <laughs> tease, tease. <laughs> Charles. I suck at evil laughs. Anyways, as Calvin was mentioning, we got some awesome new gear at royalrebounds.com. Make sure you guys check that out. Uh, and yeah, we have a surprise next Monday. So make sure you guys stay tuned for that there's a game next monday right i believe so didn't we just uh yeah houston today? yeah the yeah. rematch the rematch that's that's a weird game because we were talking about it's like you play houston then houston but the game before is is a night before so it's like a back-to-back -back, and then you play a back-to-back -back that's not a back-to-back -back, but it's against the same team does that make sense no that does not make sense okay all right back to the back to the thing here 60 likes we're lighting the beam guys 60 lights Likes, we're lighting the effing beam. Let's talk about Keegan Murray. 39 minutes of action, 13 points, 3 of 8 from 3-point range. This dude is is just, he's the guy. We started the stream, I saw everybody in the chat talking about Keegan Murray, Keegan Murray. We love Keegan. He's going to be the next Kawhi Leonard. Calvin, this dude's a sniper. 
He is a straight sniper. He's hitting clutch baskets. He does not look like a rookie. Honestly, you know, like over the past couple weeks, Keegan Murray's looked like one of the most consistent kings on the roster, which is pretty, pretty crazy to say about a rookie. Calvin, let's hear all the good things about Keegan Murray. Well, you said 13 points, but 13 rebounds, again, is the big one. Callum, I I agree with you totally. My comparison for him before he got drafted was Chris Middleton. I see more of him in Chris Middleton than I do in Kawhi Leonard necessarily. Um, But if if he turns into either one of those guys, that's fantastic, right? That's great. Uh, He is – he's just a really – he's just a really smart basketball player. Like, he's going to take the bumps – the same way that he takes all the the success and the, and the good stuff that happens to him, um, never too high, never too low, really, really good demeanor out there. Uh, and you can tell that he's learning on the fly here, which for, we've talked about this before, but for a rookie in his position, when you look at all the other rookies, especially the guys that were drafted in the top five, he's the only one that's that plays meaningful minutes for a winning team. Yeah, the, the only one right now, and that's, you know, generally typical of the, starting, the bottom five. Starting, picks. not even meaningful yes. minutes. Yeah, yeah. So starting. the the experience that he's getting, even though he's not putting up the same types of numbers as Paulo Bancaro, is way way different in, in terms yeah. of the growth that it's going to give him, or maybe the accelerated growth it's going to give him early on in his career. Um, you know. When you add Central the fact Valley. of, or, or when you add the idea of playing playoff games your first year in the NBA in there as well, that again, I think, is just, is just going to accelerate the learning curve for him, and he'll come back next season even better than he is right now. Dude, I totally agree. Keegan Murray, he's playing great. He's got great potential. He's in a great atmosphere. He's got great role models. He's got great leaders. He's got great mentors, great coaching and the Kings are just playing incredible. It feels so unreal, Calvin, because you know how many rookies the Kings have drafted that I've been super stoked about, and I'm like, oh, I'm buying their jersey, blah, blah, blah. I'm so happy, and then they just <laughs> over and over and over <laughs> and over and over again, Calvin, over again. Looks like we made it. You want to light the beam? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Where? What's the button? This, this one right here? Get it. Yeah. Let's light the beam, guys. Bam. Light the light effing it. beam. Here we go, guys. There goes the beam. Oh, it's beautiful, Calvin. It's beautiful. I didn't think we'd be able to see it from our house. It is beautiful. I guess I was wrong. That's great. I'm so jealous of everybody that's there to watch the beam lighting because it really looks so cool. Yeah, Derek, light the beam. RP's here. Brandon is here. Shout out to Brandon. Uh, DJ is here, Central Valley. Gilbert, welcome in, guys. What is up? Please don't forget to smash up that like button. All right, moving on. Who you want to talk about next? Kevin Herter, Deer, and Fox. Let's talk about Fox. Fox, it is. 41 minutes of action for De'Aaron tonight. 27 shot attempts. He makes 13 of those. 32 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. He was absolutely huge in the fourth quarter and overtime. Helps the Kings get the victory. He looked calm. He looked cool. He looked collected. Of course, I would have loved if he would have made that uh, little jump shot at the end of regulation. But that's okay. They were motivated. They were excited. They, they just 
Dude, they look like a completely different team in overtime in this game. And like I said, it's only the second overtime game of the season for them. They looked really good in overtime, specifically Deer and Fox. Calvin, what did you see out of Deer and tonight? I saw a complete game from start to finish. Uh, I, you know, you could tell the way this game started, it, it was going to be, or at least the way the game was starting, it looked a lot like Saturday's game where they were unable to hit shots from the outside. Uh, and he didn't wait for them to to have to come to the rescue in the fourth quarter. He, he immediately started to get involved offensively, looking for his shot, being aggressive. Um, and he was really, really good with his on-ball pressure right from the beginning on, on defense, too. So, it, to me, from start to finish, this, this was a complete game from De'Aaron. It, it was exactly what the Kings needed. You know, th- they needed him to bail them out early in this game, not late. Yep. In this game, he was still good in the fourth quarter, had, what, like eight or ten of his, his 32 points in the fourth. Um, that's the stuff that we've come accustomed to all year long. Would have loved, yes, like you said, for him to hit that last shot. Again, that's exactly the shot that you want him to take in those moments. Um, he's been hitting that all season long. I think he is a little bit tired, probably a little more so in, in today's game uh, because he had to kind of put the, the burners on early. And maybe that's why he left that one short. But the I, another point that I want to make about the team, because you brought it up, the overtime they looked like a completely different team. They yes, were ready. They did. Again, it, it just goes to show the mental makeup of this team and, and how Coach Brown is able to get these guys to focus. Because they could have easily unraveled. You lose your best player. Yep. Your biggest guy. A guy inside that you're worried about because the other team has an imposing seven-footer. Um, you didn't get the travel call. All of this stuff doesn't go your way. It, you could have easily folded in, in overtime. You're on the road. You just lost a tough game on Saturday. But they came out and they made great play after great play, both offensively and defensively. Uh, and they were able to execute and win in overtime. It, it was really, really nice to see. Yes, yes. One of his better games of the season, honestly, guys. I, I think he's had a great season, but this this was one of his better games. He was aggressive from the very start. Dude, that dunk early in the first quarter, yep. woo, he just blows past everybody and throws the hammer down. That was so, so exciting. Shout out to Young Ham here, uh, www.bomb.com. Um, Brian is here. Welcome, Brian. Oh, both Brian's. Uh, good to see you guys. Brandon says, thanks. Happy to be here with everyone. We are so happy you are here, Brandon. Thanks for joining in. Parallax is here. Good to see you. And uh, Derek, I think I said hi to you already. Uh, who was it? Somebody. Oh, Jeremiah says, can we leave the beam up? That's a pretty good idea, Calvin. Um, maybe we'll have to do that in the future. You like that? We light the beam. We keep it lit. Oh, it's yeah. I, why wouldn't you want to keep it? Lit? Why not? Why didn't you tell me that why yesterday? Not? I don't know. Or the day before. I think it's fine either way. We can always light it again, Jeremiah, if you want. We just got to get to 70 likes this time. I, yeah, every every 10 <laughs> likes, we just relight the beam. Light the beam! Light the beam! Yeah, yeah. I think we need to set realistic goals in like, okay, we light the beam here. Realistic it stays, goals. It stays lit. We, we say what's up to the island boys here. Smart goals, if you will, right? Smart goals, yeah. What is that? Specific, measurable Realistic. Attainable. No, smartest has an A before R, dude. I know. I'm, I'm jumping ahead. R is we were a, saying realistic. Is it realistic? I think it and is. And T is like what? Time sensitive? Time sensitive, like yeah. Okay. Smart goals. We're, we're definitely going to. Okay. Back on track here. 
back on track. We lost a bunch of people. Uh, okay, great game for De'Aaron Fox, both on the offensive and the defensive end of the floor. I thought Calvin hit it right on the head. A lot of games this season we've seen where De'Aaron Fox has waited till the fourth quarter to become aggressive, to become effective. He did it right off the bat tonight. The Kings started out really hot in this game. Of course, they did have their issues. The Timberwolves went on on a scoring spree for a little bit. Late in the fourth quarter, the Kings went on like a three-minute drought without making a field goal, which was also tough. Uh, but they did it when they needed to, uh, and they were there uh, when it counted. So absolutely huge game for De'Aaron Fox. I don't really want to talk much about Kevin Herter. I mean, 22 minutes of action, 1-7 from the field, 0-5 from three-point range. Three points, five rebounds, four assists. Not a great offensive performance by Kevin Herter. Missing a ton, a ton of shots. However, that one, dude, this is a very rare. I never, never see it where you shoot the three. It hits the back of the rim, bounces up, hits the back of the backboard, the shot clock, and then back. And it in. did go in. That should count, bro. That should <laughs> fucking count. That was a great shot. However, what I'm trying to say is, we brought him in as a shooter. Everyone's like, oh, he's a shooter. He just shoots the ball, blah, 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 all this. Dude, Kevin Herter was not shooting well tonight. Five rebounds, four assists, Calvin. That yep. is a way to be involved. And a bunch more deflections. Yeah. And some really good closeouts, too. You know, they put him early on in the first quarter. Uh, he was the guy guarding Jaden McDaniel, or yeah, Jaden McDaniels, and they were uh, purposely having him sink in so they would leave that corner three open for him his closeouts were good every time so you definitely like to see that ty i see you requesting to come up on stage bro we're on youtube right now live um so let us finish up the game recap and then we would love to hear from you is that it on kevin herter i mean it's not spicy it's not a spicy take uh you know it's not like he had this like amazing game i just want to give flowers to him because like i said there's been games where he has not been involved. He's not been making shots. He found a way to stay engaged and involved. In 22 minutes of action, like I said, five rebounds, four assists. That is a way to contribute when you're not shooting well. And that's all I can really ask out of shooters is when the ball's not going down, find other ways to make things happen. You said it exactly. That's what Coach Mike Brown preaches to this team, <clears throat> especially to the shooters on this team every game. If you're not knocking down shots, how are you going to affect the game? He found ways to do that. Five rebounds and four assists in 22 minutes is pretty good. And also the other side of not playing late in the game is that Malik Monk was having a good game. So we've definitely seen this all season long. When one of those guys is playing really well, Coach Brown is going to ride them, even if it's late in the game, close game situation. Uh, tonight Malik was had – Five turnovers, yes, but his impact on the game was bigger because of all the other stuff that he was able to do. He was really efficient, a uh, bunch of good assists, and he had, he was making plays defensively as well. If he does that, it, he's going to play. That's the key. Wow. I love my life. Said Harrison Barnes won the chain tonight. That's great. That's great. I mean, when you have to stick a guy like Anthony Edwards all game long, um, I, I don't disagree with that. You, you know, I think you could have given it to some, to a couple other guys. Malik Monk for sure. De'Aaron Fox, I think, is is deserving as well. But um, that it, I think it was pretty obvious that coach the coaching staff challenged Harrison Barnes to stick him throughout the entire game. They knew it was going to be a, a difficult guard, a yep. long task. You, you know, it's it's not about limiting him. He scored over thirty points, but key steal on Anthony Edwards late in over. I think it was overtime. 
uh, th- those are the types of plays where, you know, that's the difference between winning and losing. And it takes being focused and exactly and sticking with that defensive assignment for an entire game. A lot, a lot of steals in overtime of this game. So it's hard to keep track of them all. Honestly, it is. But I, I guess that just kind of goes exactly back to the point that I was making with Kevin Herter, right? HB did not shoot well tonight, 3 of 11, but he's finding other ways to get involved to have an impact on the basketball game. And I think that those are going to be absolutely huge when the Kings make the playoffs. Yes, I said the Kings are making the playoffs this season. But players like that that understand when my shot's not going down, I can affect the game in other ways. That's how you win playoff basketball games. So shout-out to HB. Shout-out to Kevin Herter. Uh, not the game that we'd want them to have if you look at the box score. Um, but they, you know, they're doing other things. Sass, I know you're mad about it, but that is okay. Uh, let's see, Calvin. Uh, Matthew's here. Welcome in, Matthew. Ray Smooth is here. Guys, only 70 likes, and, uh, and we're lighting the beam, <laughs> as Calvin said. Oh, DJ likes the business lingo, Calvin. You just busted business out the lingo. smart goals. Oh, yeah, the smart yeah, goals, yeah. yeah. You want to talk about ROI or anything like that? No, or? I'll leave that to you. You're my resident businessman. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the bench. Um, you know, I, I think I already gave Trey Lyles his flowers, but fuck it. Let's talk about Trey Lyles again, dude. Uh, you know, the dude does everything except for grow hair on his head. Um, you know, he, he's been playing great, Calvin. I'm a big big Trey Lyles fan. Obviously, when he makes the three, I love it. He's done great defending a lot of guys bigger than himself. I thought he played absolutely huge in overtime. Like I said, you lose DeMontis Sabonis. The team could have panicked. They could have got worried. They missed the travel call. Fuck it. I brought it up again. I wasn't supposed to. Um, But Trey Lyles, dude, like I, I can't praise this guy enough, dude. And just the fact that we were able to salvage the Bagley situation and get a guy like Trey Lyles from Detroit was absolutely, absolutely huge. Um, But, Calvin, any other thoughts on Trey Lyles? I mean, he did all this in 16 minutes of action, but the minutes he played were really, really important. It was late in the fourth quarter. It was in overtime. and, And it just felt like every play that he made helped the Kings get the win tonight. Yeah, he he just seems to be in the right spot when they need it, you know, in in some of those crucial late game situations. A couple of really key rebounds um down the stretch, a couple of really key baskets. I, I think that, you know, we've talked so much about how Trey Lyles has been really consistent and, and really good for them off the bench on a bench unit that has been up and down, up and down, up and down all season long. You know, he's kind of been the one guy to kind of even them out and, and steady the the hand. Um, the thing I, I think that maybe doesn't get mentioned enough about Trey Lyles is just how difficult it is. It's difficult enough to be a player that o- only gets to play in certain spots or certain situations or you don't get consistent minutes, stuff like that. You, you know, people we talk about on this team like Terrence Davis and all that. It's a whole nother thing to be he does get pretty consistent minutes, but to be one of those guys uh, that you have to be ready when your your name is called and you're not the player that is going to have the ball in your hands very much either. You know, he is very much a catch-and-shoot guy. He does put it on the floor, but I'm just saying it, it's really it's even more difficult to affect a game um, when you're a player, a big man that doesn't have get doesn't get to bring the ball up, uh, doesn't get to you know run off of all these double screens and get wide open threes and stuff like that. He's really got to pick and choose his spots when to be aggressive, 
and when not to be. And he's really good at doing that, yes. really good at picking and choosing his spots and being effective when he does decide, okay, I'm going to go to the hole, uh, whether it's to p- look for his own shot or to make a play for somebody else. Uh, he's just a very smart player, and, and the Kings really need somebody like that in the second unit. DJ says, love it when Lyles goes strong to the hoop plus rebounding. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, dude, that finish by him, the pump fake at the three-point line on Gobert, I just absolutely love that. Somebody's got to take a picture of that play and, and frame it and send it to him because you know he wants that on his oh, wall. Oh, yeah, for you sure. You know he definitely wants that on his wall. All right. Uh, you want to talk about Metu, Mitchell, or Davis? I mean, not a lot of scoring output for either of those guys, but I mentioned Terrence Davis uh, played 16 minutes tonight. The last time he got this much playing time was when he started, uh, which I believe was like early, what was that, late December or something like that? Something like that, yeah. But uh, I think it was when Kevin Herter missed, missed the game. Um, but I, I love the energy. I love the effort, the enthusiasm. He made two threes tonight. Obviously, he hasn't played a lot as of late, so he's still kind of getting his rhythm back. But I thought he did a great job in limited action tonight. Uh, what does this mean for you? What does this mean for the Kings and the coaching staff? Like, we were all surprised. Where is Terrence Davis? Why has he not been playing? It just seems kind of like a random night to just be like, okay, we're just throwing Terrence Davis in here. Or could it have anything to do with the fact that Kevin Herter was struggling so bad? They pulled Kevin Herter after only 22 minutes of action. Yeah, I mean, to say that it that Kevin Herter not – uh, or struggling offensively from the field and, and not being able to shoot would have an impact on Mike Brown going deeper into the bench. Yeah, a- absolutely it does. Um, but I also think that, you know, you mentioned uh, it's it's a random night to throw him out there. Th- that's kind of how Mike Brown has, has operated when it comes to the very end fringe pieces of this rotation in the bench all season long. Um, you know, Metu has sat a bunch of games and then all of a sudden he comes in. Rashawn Holmes was dead to the world. All of a sudden he comes back in out of nowhere. It, that's kind of par for the course, I would say, for how Mike Brown operates with this bench. He, he's always looking for that extra piece. One of the things that I think benefited from playing Terrence Davis in this game specifically is, look, you, you had all the all your regular guys, all your regular shooters couldn't shoot in this game, right? So you're looking for somebody else who we've seen in the past be uh, inconsistent for sure, but is definitely capable of getting hot from outside, number one. Number two, he plays with a lot of energy and is really, really good in passing lanes and uh, getting breaks started off of turnovers, right? Yep. That was one of the areas that they could easily attack uh, Minnesota in this game. Again, if you're struggling to score inside because there's a big man protecting the rim and you can't shoot from the outside, get out and run. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Terrence Davis is one of the better players on this team at doing that. So I I thought it made perfect sense for him to get run in this game. And he took advantage of the opportunity, which meant that he uh, was able to play longer and play later in the game. Yeah, great point. You know, and normally, you know, a guy – because the crazy thing is he's only 25 years old. But, you know, normally when you have a guy that plays that role that gets spontaneous minutes, but they're expected to perform and, and do it every single time, it, last minute notice, you'd think of like a veteran guy like a James Jones or, or somebody like that, that that's played with LeBron, like a shooter that you just kind of bring in, hasn't played in weeks, you bring him in, you need a three, they nail the shot. 
it's amazing that Terrence Davis is able to do that at only 25 years old to stay composed, to just stay ready. Uh, so shout out, shout out to Terrence Davis. I, I definitely love me uh, some TD. We've also heard some rumors uh, about a potential Terrence Davis trade. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts there in a little bit. When we finish up the game here, we'll talk some about trades. Uh, what'd you see out of Davion? What'd you see out of Metu tonight? Uh, more of the same. Uh, I mean, I you know, I thought they were good for brief periods of time and, and possessions. Davion, you, you know, is always good with his, his hounding defense. Um, kind of got a little – when those guys are on the floor together, the offense just doesn't, for obvious reasons, doesn't look as good, right? It, the ball seems to stick a little bit more. Um, they rely on Malik Monk to get a lot of that offense generated – which, you know, it could be great one possession. It could be awful the next possession. It, it just depends. Um, but, uh, you know, it, they're really solid at, in playing their roles, Davion and Metu. They're, they're going to come in and, and do exactly what they need to do to in, in order to have, it a po- have a positive effect on the game. But, it, you know, the question is, are they going to be able to make enough plays uh, and for, you know, Davion, you, you're wondering when the next progression or, or start of the progression for the offense comes for him. Yeah, Sass, uh, you know, Calvin and I were just touching on guys that did not have a great shooting night, uh, finding other ways to stay involved and impact the game. So, yes, HB did not shoot well tonight. Kevin Herter did not shoot well tonight. But they found other other ways to get involved. So I, I think that's huge, especially when you get closer uh, to the NBA playoffs. Um, yeah, I mean, Davion brings his normal defense. Didn't really do much on the offensive end, only two points. No assists for him tonight. Uh, Chemezi Metu, five points for him. Did get to the basket. Took a three in this game, missed it. Uh, but I like what I see out, out of Metu in limited action. I really like a limited Metu. Uh, you you got to kind of put him in a box because – He's like me, dude. He always likes to get out of the box. I I hate being (laughs) in the box. You just let me out. I'm an outside-the-box thinker. I'm an outside-the-box doer. Um, But Metu is much more effective when he stays inside his box of what he can do. So shout-out to Mike Brown for for keeping Metu uh, in the box. All right, let's talk about Malik Monk, and then we can move on. 32 minutes of action, 9 of 14 from the field, 19 points, 2 rebounds, Five assists tonight for Malik Monk. A lot of deflections. Played huge in overtime. Had a couple crazy, crazy passes in this game. Yeah, usually usually does. You're like, who's he passing it to? And then you see a guy cutting across the middle, finishes with a dunk, and you're like, wow. Also had some alley-oops in this game. That's always exciting. You know I love Malik Monk, dude. And honestly, my favorite part about Malik Monk is when he's on the bench, he's always smiling. He's always happy. He's congratulating his teammates. We saw him talking to Deer and Fox uh, when Fox missed that late shot in the fourth quarter. M- Monk is right there to steady the ship. Hey, it's okay. We got fourth or we got overtime. You'll get it back. Don't worry. Don't worry. And then what do the Kings do? They responded exceptionally well in overtime. They just grabbed the bull by the horns and they won this game, Calvin. In overtime, I thought it was huge. So uh, I absolutely love Malik Monk and what he brings uh, to the squad. What about you? Yeah, luckily the the good outweighed the bad tonight for sure. I mean, he was efficient uh, when it came to scoring. He was really good at attacking the rim. Uh, you know, for a team that had trouble over these past couple of games scoring inside on Rudy Gobert, he he was really good about that. He gave them a lob threat 
for a six foot four guard, that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, you know, five turnovers and five assists. Again, it, it's there's good and there's bad. Pretty critical air ball uh, floater <clears throat> late in the game as well. Yeah, I loved it. Um, but you know, if he were able to, that that's the type of player that he is. It, it's he's going to to continue to play that style. Um, you, you don't like to see certain things from him, especially on defense. Tonight, you know, he did have a lot of cr- uh, very critical plays on defense. Uh, there, there are a couple things, again, that you don't like to see. Um, that and one <clears throat> on Gobert yep, don't like late that. in the game. Don't like that. Um, after, your, I think they were up 114-108 at that point. It was looking like they were going to close it out. Uh, very, very key foul there. Yeah, cuts it to three. To cut it to three. Yep. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, it's a couple of really bad turnovers as well. But that's, uh, that's going to be the thing with him. If he's able to make enough plays to counteract for for playing that style uh you can't you, you can't keep him on the bench right like he, he's still a, an asset to this team yep. um you just have to hope that in critical crunch time minutes like that that he's going to make the right play instead of the disastrous one yeah yeah and and i'm just going to say it uh, over and over and over again calvin i like the effort i like the attitude I like the enthusiasm. I think that he is the heart and soul of this team, Calvin, and he is the guy that will never let this team give up on a game. So shout out, shout out to Malik Monk. Uh, great, great offseason acquisition for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, Jim says, do you think the Pistons are hating the Marvin Bagley trade yet? I would think so. I mean, he really hasn't done anything for them. <laughs> The funny thing is, like, <laughs> Trey Lyles has been killing it in Sacramento. The funny thing is, like, we all look at, like, Daryl Morey or some of these other GMs that always seem to fleece other players or other, other GMs, other teams, stuff like that. Cal, we finally got a, a competent GM in our front office that's capable of fleecing other teams. Not that I want to see that because I'm always a proponent of, like, a win-win deal, stuff like that, like we saw in the Pacers trade. Uh, but, yeah, Monty might get a reputation pretty soon here uh, making trades like yeah. that. So shout-out to him. Uh, update on the standings. The Sacramento Kings are currently 28-21. and 21. They are in the three spot in the Western Conference. Just below them, Calvin, and I say just below, but below them is the Clippers. Same amount of wins, 28, but they got 25 losses. So if the Kings went on a four-game losing streak here, not going to happen. You know, they could potentially be tied with the Clippers. So I I love the fact that they're increasing, giving themselves a little bit of breathing room at that third seed. I hope you're enjoying your hair because it is about to be chopped off. We shall see. All right, a couple other see. updates. Any, anything else you want to mention about this game, um, or, or can we move on? Just a, a really good bounce-back win on the road. We talked about how it's really tough to beat a team twice in a row. Um, you know, the Kings haven't had a three-game losing streak since late November, Yeah, uh, and they avoided another one tonight. Just another sign that this team is mentally tough and uh, ready to take the next step. Yeah, they, they get beat down, they learn their lesson, they bounce right back up, and, and they play hard. So that, that is a, a great, great attribute to have. Uh, many people looking at the box score uh, are seeing a guy named Dante Burton. And everyone's like... Deontay. 
Oh, sorry, Deontay. Deontay. I still don't even know. They're like, who the hell is that? I was the same way. I'm like, who is this Deontay Burton guy? Well, PJ Dozer, Bills, uh, Bulls, Bills, <laughs> Bulls. I can't even keep track of all my jokes anymore, Calvin. Uh, Bulls' uh, son was cut by the team, and uh, Deontay Burton was signed to a 10-day contract today. So Yes, he was. New Sacramento King. Welcome. Uh, he is Welcome a 6'4 uh, guard out of Marquette. 240 pounds, 28 years old. Uh, interesting. We'll see what he can bring to the Kings. Any, uh, or sorry, he's a forward. Any thoughts on on Mr. Burton? Uh, you know, he, he's another, a lot like P.J. Dozier, another long athletic guy, uh, perimeter guy. I, I don't know how much of an opportunity he's going to get here, but wish him the best. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. Jim wants to talk about trades, so l- let's talk a little bit, a little bit about trades. Sass, dude, I, I have a couple Buddy Heel jerseys. Not gonna lie, um, but let's. What what is that? Is that a, it's Fox? Um, Deer and Fox. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good job. Good job. <laughs> um, all right, I want to talk quickly about trades for Jim. Shout out to Jim, and then we can move on to Wednesday's game against the San Antonio Spurs. I got to give a couple shout outs. One's to Liz uh, and Joseph. I've been hanging out with them on Twitter Spaces, talking uh, about a bunch of different possibilities trade wise, like some things that I didn't even think about. Um, and you know, it's really cool just talking to other fans and kind of picking their brains, bouncing ideas back and forth. Shout out to Ty. Also, Ty's been there a lot. Um, So I I just kind of wanted to check in with you, Calvin. Where are you at here in terms of trading before the deadline? Because the deadline, I believe, is what, February 9th? February 9th, yeah. So we got, what, 10 days? Coming down the the home stretch here. 10 days or so left. How are you feeling about it? I I feel the same uh, about it that I felt for – Weeks, months now. If there's a deal out there that makes sense to do, then I think you should go out and do it. Um, but I am certainly not. I, I'm not panicking. I'm not rushing to make a deal. I'm not giving up somebody that I think is is good for the future of this team just because it means we could get Mason Plumley. You know, w- would I like to have a better backup center? Yes, I would. Would I like to have maybe another all-star on this team? Absolutely, I two would. More, two more. Let's throw them in. Sure, why not, uh, as Nick, uh, Coach Nick likes to say. But y- you have to keep it realistic about what it means and what it takes to get those pieces. Yep. You know, you have to keep in mind what the other team is going to want in return. They're going to ask for a bunch. You know, I... If, there, if the trade deadline comes and passes and Sacramento doesn't make any moves, I am certainly not going to look at it and say that it w- it's a disappointment or a waste because th- this team's in third place in the Western Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have deficiencies? Yes. A- every team at some level has things that they need to do better uh, or w- areas that they could incru- improve. You know, not every team is the Boston Celtics you know, and has two to three guys deep at every position or has the money to, to spend for all of that stuff. But I think that the Kings are in a unique position. I've said this a million times already. They've got cap space this summer. They're young. Um, they're in a good position. They're over um, or they're succeeding, you know, expectations right now. Mm-hmm. They're they're in a good spot. They don't have to make a move just to make a move right now at this deadline. I, I trust that if Monty McNair sees a deal that he thinks is right and will benefit the team, like Matisse Thibel, hell yeah, love to have Matisse Thibel. But I, I don't want to give up too much to get him at this point. So 
it, it's all about being smart right now at, at this point, I would say. Yeah, look how many likes we got. We're right there. It's We're a good right number. there. One of my favorite Yeah, they, Sass, they do need defense badly. But I, I still think you don't make a deal just to make a deal. It, it's it's all about what the what involved what's involved in the deal, and I know you agree with that. You're you're not going to make a trade that you don't think is a smart trade to make. But Brian says Monty is going to be very cautious and not mess with chemistry, which I totally agree with. Uh, I think that's really really important. And, and one thing I've been talking about the past couple days is like guys. The expectations have completely changed for this basketball team, right? Like, everyone's like, oh, trade for another star, trade for this, that. Don't forget, we're the third seed in the Western Conference. Did anybody expect us to be the third seed in the Western Conference at the start of the season? Because I don't think that happened. People wanted, oh, we're going to be a playing team. Oh, if we're lucky, maybe maybe we won't have to be in the play-in. Guys, we have a potential to be first round in the in the first round of the playoffs, which is absolutely crazy. Or sorry, home court advantage of the first round of the playoffs. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. Um, but yeah, so expectations have changed. Just pump the brakes, guys. Uh, don't get too far ahead of yourselves. We all want this team to win, uh, but maybe we're a little ahead of schedule at this point. Maybe we can take our time. We got a lot of really really young players on this team, and there are definitely ways to improve without making a big trade. However, we're going to talk about trades here for a little bit. Uh, but first off, a couple questions here in the chat. Uh, first off, Ray Smooth, what do you guys think of the slam cover with Fox and Sabonis? Pretty cool, Cal. Yeah, it was cool. Pretty, uh, pretty cool. A la Jason Williams and yep. Chris Weber. I got an autographed copy of that one. Maybe I'll have to pick up one with Fox and Sabonis. So very, very cool. Uh, Ray says, why do these 10-day contracts seem like a waste of time and money? They seem like it because those guys don't usually play. <laughs> uh, it sucks until it's good, right? Until you find the guy that finally makes your squad. I can't remember who it was. I mean, didn't like Seth Curry start out on a 10-day contract? Didn't guys like uh, Gary Payton the second start out on a 10-day contract? We've seen multiple guys Maybe, st start perhaps, out yeah. on 10-day contracts and yeah, end it up. It doesn't happen very often, very, but very it, it does happen. Yep, yep. RP's got a trade offer here. You want to read that one? Yeah, Kings, I believe Kings received uh, Kelly Olenek, Jared Vanderbilt, and Isaiah Hardenstein. The Knicks get Harrison Barnes and two seconds from the Kings. The Jazz get Holmes and Reddish plus Dallas 2023 first-round pick. There's a lot there. Sounds like a great deal for the Kings. I mean, why do you want all three of those guys, though? Then you, who, How are you going to play all of them? With Olenek, Vanderbilt, and Hardenstein. I, I think that any one of them is maybe a, a, a viable option, but it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to have all three on your roster, Yeah, including Sabonis. And you still have Alex. I know Alex Lynn doesn't I'm play, but like... I'm to get rid of HB right I, now. I just either. don't know. I don't know. I, I like HB, man. I, I think he loves the city. I think he's going to re-sign. I, I think they're, you know... A lot of people just like to look at the stats. They like to look at the box score. I think HB has a lot more value than just what he brings on the court. I think he's got leadership. He's got locker room pre presence. And not to mention, what I've been talking about the past couple weeks is the fact that he's an unrestricted free agent. You have cap space. You could sign another guy, and then you could go over the salary cap to re-sign Harrison Barnes, which you can't do with anybody else. So I, I think that's absolutely, absolutely huge. Uh, Jim says, we need a big guy who's thicker 
than Matu and moves better than Len, maybe Kelly Olenek. That brings me to an interesting discussion, Calvin. Um, what's the difference between thick and fat? <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't know. I don't want to touch that one. No? No. No? I mean, thick is like, I don't know. Somebody called me thick before, which I, I was blown away. B- big boned. I'm not a thick person. Big bone, but we need a thick center, apparently, according to Jim. Thick thick center, but moves better than Len. T H I K. (laughs) Yeah, thick. C C K C K. Thick. Okay, interesting, Jim. Who who would that be, Jim? Who would that be? Oh, maybe Kenny Kelly Olynyk. Oh no, no Frank the Tank, please. please, Dude, I love Frank the Tank in college. He was so much fun to watch. (laughs) I thought he was the next Larry Bird. I'm like, look at this guy. Look at this guy. I was totally wrong. Totally, totally wrong. Okay, Calvin. So a couple guys that I want to mention here in in terms of trade talk. Nerlens. I'm a big fan of Nerlens Noel. I think you could get him for cheap. I think he protects the rim. He can rebound. He can run with this squad. Yes, there are some worries offensively. He's very similar to Rashawn Holmes in terms of like not being able to get his own shot. Uh, needs a point guard to run pick and roll, drive to the basket, stuff like that. So there could be uh, some issues with a guy like Nerlens on, on the offensive end of the floor. But the reason I say this is offense has not been a problem for the Sacramento Kings. I, I think they need to have a, a, a big guy that they can throw in in certain situations to get stops, and I, I think that Nerlens could be that guy. Another guy, Calvin, who I was a big hater on, and I, shout out to Liz. Uh, Liz brought this guy up, and I was like, no, 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 I don't want this guy, blah, blah, blah. And I started <laughs> talking about it. I started thinking about it a little bit more, a little bit more, and I'm like, that's a great idea. We, sh- we should get that guy. He's, he's, got, a, he's got a ring. He's got connections with oh, Mike Brown. Oh, man, are you Shackton right now? He, yeah, I'm Shackton a fool, bro. I'm Shackton <sighs> oh, a fool. No. Who's my guy? JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee. Bring him to Sacktown, dude. Do it. Bring him off the bench. He's big. He's long. He's lanky. He's thick. He he can he can get some <laughs> blocks, thick. Calvin. He can do his thing on offense. I mean, dude, I why know, not? Thick? Why not bring why in not? JaVale McGee? So, the more I think about this, and, and I was on one of these Twitter spaces Draymond with you. Draymond's Draymond thick. is thick. He's thick. The more I think about this, the more I, you know, we've compared this team a lot to the Golden State Warriors, right? For obvious reasons. Mike Brown was their coach last year. They play a small lineup. Uh, they run this, you know, free-flowing, um, heavy pass uh, and heavy three offense with a lot of backdoor cuts and all that stuff. But the the more I think about where the Kings should look to go in the future, the more I think about the Denver Nuggets and how this team is built right now and what they have done differently this season in terms of putting together their roster. Jokic and Sabonis, very, very similar styles. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at who the Nuggets have as their backup center, who is it? Dude, I don't even know who it is. Is it uh, DeAndre Hassan? Jordan? Oh wow! You think DeAndre Jordan's a good backup center? No. At this point in his career, no, he's trash. He's trash. But why are the Nuggets so good? Because they went out and they got a power forward. Not this season, but they have a power forward who's actually come into his own. Is a phenomenal defender. Oh my God! Not next that to guy. Jokic, not Aaron Gordon. Oh yes, my God. yes. Oh come Aaron on! I know Gordon. you hate on Aaron Gordon. 
but I love Aaron Gordon, and he's played great. Well, if you for love them him so much, year. you should marry him, Calvin. I would love to have him on the Kings, but my point is, in terms of what the Kings need to do to build around this team, I think they need to upgrade at power forward. Obviously, we've been saying that for a long time. They need to get a better defender, interior defender, who is not a big man who can play next to Sabonis. And what else did they do? Jamal Murray and De'Aaron Fox, yep. similar styles of players. Scoring first guards, Jamal Murray, much better shooter. I don't want to go, everybody don't at me with your comparisons. I'm just talking about the style. <laughs> They're score first point guards. So you already have this, the same type of makeup there. Score first point guard and a you know phenomenal, one of the two best centers in the league or three best centers in the league. You need to upgrade a power forward and you need to get better defensive wings that can also score or shoot threes. Two key additions for the the Nuggets this offseason, Bruce Brown and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Really, really good perimeter defenders that do a little bit of everything as well. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, great in the passing lanes. Bruce Brown is really, really good on ball, and so is Pope. Pope's a great three-point shooter. Brown is a really good rebounder for a guy his size. Mm -hmm. That's, That's the... To me, that's the the additions that you need to make on this team. So I'm starting to lose focus and, and energy and steam in the uh, we need to go out and get a rim-protecting center to play back up to Sabonis. Okay. I'm not sure that they need that necessarily. No, mo, mo, I mean, it, it would help right now, yes, but I'm talking about building the team out. They need better defensive wings, role-playing okay. guys that shoot the three, come off the bench, and they need an upgraded power forward. Dude, you see what Callum's saying here? Bones, my guy Bones, could be available. Yeah, yeah, I do like Bones. I like Davion also. Um, that that would be interesting. Yeah, that's that a, that's be interesting. a tough one. I don't know what it is about uh, Aaron Gordon. I just I don't like his face. You know, there's just that person where you just see him and you're just like, I don't like your face. It just does not make me happy. Um, that That's where I'm at on Aaron Gordon. You know, I don't want to look at my team and feel unhappy the whole time. And that's how I feel about his face. So, yeah, not an Aaron Gordon fan. Hey, that's okay. I thought he did great in the dunk contest. Don't like his face. That's okay. You don't need to like his face. You, you just need him on this team so he can help you win. I'm just saying, dude. I I, won't, I don't know. I, I don't know. And hell yeah, Jaron Jackson would be great. I, I agree that they need that upgraded power forward that is also a great defender, a guy that's versatile, can guard multiple positions. I don't think the answer is another big man, um, and I certainly don't want to play a traditional big man with Sabonis. I want somebody like Aaron Gordon or Jaron Jackson to play that for. Jim says thick is muscular with some meat. Muscular isn't, with some meat. Isn't, isn't <laughs> meat muscle? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Okay, shout out to Jim. I, I love Jim. Jim's my guy. Now, I realize I just went on this huge rant, and it, it doesn't really get us anywhere because Aaron Gordon and Jaron Jackson are not available. Um, I don't think Contavious Caldwell-Pope or or Bruce Brown are going to be available necessarily either. So, but the, those are the types of players. So, you know, OG is out there. That that's a, an idea, a possibility, an elite defensive wing. Yeah. Um, um, I worry a little bit about his his health. He he's missed a lot of games. So I, I would worry trading. They're going to ask a lot for him. I would worry about giving up too much for that. But 
the, those are the, the types of players I think that they need. Dude, I think we just need to give a quick shout-out to Bouncer. Because Bouncer's here every stream, doing the hard work, <clears throat> kicking people out, checking IDs, making sure that everybody's safe. Dude, round of applause for Bouncer. I hope you guys all enjoy the Bouncer in the chat. Bouncer's been amazing, so thank you, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Hopefully, you guys uh, all appreciate him as much. Uh, Christian says that I only want GQ models on the roster. Fuck yeah, I do. <laughs> uh, you know, I want a good-looking team, man. I don't want that uh, that Houston Rockets. You remember that Houston Rockets all-time ugly team? They had like Luis Scola, Shane Battier, Yao Ming, yep. Uh, yep. Aaron Brooks, and Tracy McGrady, dude. The, the, it was the all-fugly team. I don't want a fugly team, hey, Calvin. Maybe that helps uh, on defense, you know, if you can't even look at the face of the defender dude, you're playing against. Christian's because on point here, dude. Look good, feel good, play look good. Look good, feel good, play good. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, last thing I want to touch on before we jump into uh, Wednesday's game against the Spurs. And that's what what a lot of people have been talking about, OG and Anobi. So I just want to get your thoughts on OG where you're at with him, what you think he would bring to the Kings, and, and what you think it would take to get a guy like OG. Well, it's pretty obvious to see the potential of what he could give you. I mean, he's an elite wing defender, um, a guy that's capable of knocking down the outside shot, somebody that has improved his game over the past you know couple of years. I, again, I worry a little bit about how much time that he's missed this season and in others. And, uh, yeah, that Christian is hitting it on the head here. The, the real problem is what it's going to take to get him. Yeah. Um, I think the Raptors are going to ask for way too much. The Kings don't have a ton of first-round picks to give up as it is right now anyway. They're going to want more than one. I, I've heard three, possibly. It's just a – I think it's a pipe dream at this point. <laughs> what do they try think to, he is, Rudy Gobert? Exactly. Well, that's the, that's the thing, man. That deal has it had a huge – profound impact on the trade market Stupid. people are going to be asking ridiculous prices for for guys um for anybody really whether it's kevin durant or or og because they know that the um the the what the hell am i trying to say here the oh i know what you're trying to say <laughs> you're saying bring javel mcgee to no Sacramento. no no no. i am not saying that i'm not saying that. what's wrong i, with I would JaVale? love to have og but i just think it's going to cost too much to get him. what's wrong with javel it wouldn't take a lot to get javel mcgee it wouldn't take a lot to get him um you know my favorite thing about javel mcgee what's that he's got a, a mustache tattoo on his uh, finger yeah, yeah. so he can run around and, and hold up a mustache i'm thinking about getting one of those one of these days dude when we're out drinking and we're like tattoos that's my go-to that's my go-to yeah yeah, I think Sass is right here. Block <laughs> shots, rebound, shoot some threes. John Collins. Dude, this is Kyle a great Kuzma. definition by Matthew. Thick is well-proportioned. Fat is unbalanced. Dude, that that's a great definition. There you go. Doesn't pass the GQ test. Great, great definition. Okay. I, I know you guys are having fun talking about trades. Um, like I said, we're going to be on Twitter Spaces for a couple hours after the show. Love to hear from you all. Love to hear all your crazy ideas. Um, so, Please, please, after the show's over, hop on on Twitter Spaces. Bouncer, can you post that link uh, in the chat? Okay, Calvin, uh, let's talk about this Spurs game. It's uh, it's on Wednesday. The Spurs are, are currently in second Ryan, to last. no reading comprehension problems. <laughs> we're, we're aware. They're currently in second to last place in the Western Conference at 14-37. and 37. 
I, I don't know how Greg Popovich is doing it at this point, Calvin. Uh, the wheels have completely fallen off the wagon. Uh, the Kings have a 70% chance to win this game. It is, oh, excuse me, it is in San Antonio. Uh, looking here at the injury report, nobody is listed as injured for the Sacramento Kings. Uh, as far as the Spurs go, Romeo Langford and Josh Richardson, both listed as out. I know a lot of Kings fans want to talk about Josh Richardson. Hop on the Twitter spaces. We can talk about it afterwards. Calvin, uh, give me your th- first thoughts uh, on this game on Wednesday. Should be a high-scoring affair. Uh, San Antonio is the worst team in terms of allowing points. They're 0-5 in their last five games. I didn't yeah, even realize that. 0-5 in their last suck. five games. They, the Kings score close to 120 a game. The Spurs give up over 120 a game. Uh, they also allow the best three. They're the only team in the NBA that allows teams to shoot 40% from three against them. Only team in the NBA that allows teams to shoot 40% from three. So this could be a get back game or a get right game if you're San Ant- or if you're Sacramento in terms of getting the offense going. Yeah, and just uh, kind of to, to hop on real quick about what the schedule looks like past San Antonio. It's San Antonio on Wednesday. It's Indiana on Friday. Big game against the Pelicans on Sunday. And then Monday and Wednesday next week against Houston, that ends. It wraps up this long, the longest road trip of the season for the Kings. Seven-game road trip. We're two games through right now. One and one, five games to go. Calvin, give me your keys to the game for Wednesday night. Uh, Number one is going to be let it rain. Let it rain. I just said a couple of times, this team gives up a ton of points. They allow uh, the best opponent three-point, or the worst, I should say. Opponent three-point shooting percentage. Right? Let, it yeah. rain. Let, Let it rain. rain. Let it rain. So it's been a rough couple of games from three. This is your chance right here. Get it. Get it going. Get everybody back on the right, um, <clears throat> the right path here from the from the three-point line. Number two, play the pass lanes. Uh, this team, both of these teams, average a ton of assists, twenty-seven per game for both teams. Yep. So you got to be able to just like in this game, help get that offense going get out and transition, get some deflections, get some steals, get some easy buckets. Uh, and the number three is going to be limit the bench. San Antonio number one in the NBA in bench points per game at 43 points per game. We've talked a lot on this channel about how the Kings have had very inconsistent play from their bench. Uh, it, the battle of the bench here is, is going to be very important in this game. Yeah, 10th best bench in the NBA. Shout out to Sacktown Pete here uh, for joining in on Twitter Spaces. Pete, it's good to see you. Uh, would love to talk to you. We're definitely going to hang around on Twitter Spaces here for a little bit and, and go over a bunch of trades. I want to hear where Pete's at on the trade uh, trade deadline because I know he's got a lot, a lot to say. Uh, Calvin, any other thoughts, uh, comments, concerns before we uh, end the YouTube live here and we switch over to Twitter spaces no concerns just beams sleep beams yes light the dude fuck it let's light the beam one more time dude i love the beam light the beam kings win tonight calvin 118 111 over the minnesota timberwolves uh they tie this two game series one one i'm feeling pretty good about the kings hopefully you are all as well please don't forget to smash up that like button hit that subscribe button go ahead and share this channel with all your favorite kings fans thank you guys so much for watching we will see you all on wednesday in the meantime go kings